Stand, William. Stand and give him praise. How excellent is thy name, O Lord, in all the earth. Let your glory fill the earth. Let your glory fill all the things in the earth, above the earth. Hallelujah. And as the children reminded us today, don't let a rock take your place. Give him praise. Give him praise. Come on, give a shout of praise. Just before your seat, to turn to two people and say, I really am thankful. I'm thankful. Amen. We've all enjoyed great music today. And I'm so glad the different styles have been represented. Generationally, we're communicating the talent that God has given this house is something to be very thankful for. The technicians that make everybody sound good, we're very thankful for. <laughs> And then there's always that new talent. Roger, who, who knew that you were more than just a pretty face? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. The psalmist in Psalms 107. Read nine verses of it if you have your Bibles. You want to follow. Matter of fact, not only follow, we just stand for the reading of God's Word. Young people, this is something we like to do as we honor the Word of God. We show that by standing. It simply says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Turn to somebody and say, It's true. Whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, <laughs> and he delivered them from their distress. You see, we have made it. Verse 7 said, he led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love and for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. One more time, will you give the Lord thanks? You may be seated. There's so much to be thankful for, and again, just to bring it to a concise place. The psalmist said, we thank him for his steadfast love. Truly, we need to be thankful for that, of his wondrous works. And if we're not careful, that's what we relegate God to. God, I'll take care of everything else until it gets beyond me, and then I'm looking for you to do something wonderful in my life. And 
And we should give him thanks when that miracle happens in our life. We're very thankful for his love. But I love the psalm when he comes back and say, thank the Lord for he's good. That almost sounds too simplistic, doesn't it? It's because of our culture. It's because of our definition of certain words. And sometimes we think we have to have one of those $100 words to express ourselves that it impresses somebody else. And the word good seems to be just, just too simple. And you see, it is in giving of thanks that something happens to us. As the choir was singing and reminding us, uh, and Belinda, you kind of stated in testimony form, when we praise God, there's a byproduct. When we lift him up, we also get lifted up. Well, there's also a byproduct to giving of thanks. It stretches us. And it causes us to be able to reflect. And to do more than just live in the now. If you live in the now and you only live in the now, I'm going to tell you what happens to you. You just live a reactionary lifestyle. You're just always reacting to the moment. You don't have any, you don't have any moorings or depth or strength. But a person that learns how to give thanks, it stretches us. We no longer have to be shallow. We no longer have to be just a simpleton. It causes us in that reflection to get roots to us. And so when we give the Lord thanks, it's deepening us. And the byproduct is it builds our faith. Because when we're facing something in the now and we reflect on what he's already done and give him thanks, it reminds us if he did it then, he'll do it again. God, if you were alive then, you're alive now. Amen. If God, you cared when I was back in third grade and you helped me in a moment of crisis... That now as an adult, I look back and think that was so, so simple back then. But it was monumental when I was a third grader. If he did it for a third grader, he'll do it for a 30-year-old or a 60-year-old or a 90-year-old. Why? Because God is good. We understand that that word kind of loses its punch in our culture because we're used to putting it in language where we're comparing and in our marketing, we've learned to market things good, better, best. And in that case, then good is just good enough. It's not quite better, and it sure isn't the best. Is that what we're saying about our God when we say he's good? He's not really the best. He's just good? No. It's more than that. I looked up the synonyms to good, and it captures his character when it tells us that he's pure and he's moral and he's exemplary and he's meritorious and he's worthy. You see, when you look at the refractions of all those different words, it comes back and we realize there's, there's more substance to this word good and we understand that about his character. But you see, there's more than that. It's also in his behavior. Now, I don't know if you're natured like I am. I'm, I'm practical, probably practical to a fault. It becomes my strength most of the time, but sometimes I'll give it to you. Maybe I don't see something that's ethereal or see something that has 
great connotation to being monumental in somebody's life. I just kind of live in this real world. And in that real world, this speaks to me that God is good. You see, again, in his behavior, he's always coming to us. And we know, we know in his character that, that he's righteous. And in his attributes, he's righteous. And we know he's holy. But he's also good-hearted. And he's kind. Most of my learning over the years has learned to find out what something is, I contrast it to what it's not. And you'll find that in poetry, you'll find it in writing, and many times someone will state what it's not first so that it kind of showcases what it is. And this is one of those moments to think about what if God wasn't kind? We've all been around mean-spirited people. Say amen. amen. Sometimes they're in our family. Say, oh me. Sometimes we work for them. Sometimes they sign our paychecks. Sometimes they're our instructor. Sometimes they're our cash cow. And they're like, ah, I got to put up with it because I need the cash. But God is not mean-spirited. He's kind. I, I just don't know if, if we give enough credit to that part of his attributes. Again, we've, we've learned God is love, and we're still learning. And we know God is mercy, and he's light, and we're still learning all those things. But he's kind, Raymond. He's kind. Good-hearted. The Bible says that all good gifts come down from the Father of lights. Every good gift you've ever received has come from him. Because he's kind. I don't know, I've got to camp out here just a moment because that, that just speaks volumes to me. You see, I know what it is in the natural when you're working with a coworker, or you're getting with your siblings and, at Thanksgiving and it's been a while since you've been together. And there are those different personalities there. Which one do you gravitate to? The one who's kind. The one that doesn't have to take all the oxygen out of the room. The one that doesn't have all the drama. Say, oh me. The one who's kind. The one who knows how to smile and light the room up. The one who has the right words. The one who has learned that to get what they want in life is by helping enough other people get what they want. The person who listens intently so that they know what your world's about, so they know how to speak a word of encouragement to you to get you back on the right track. That kind person that cares for others. And when we take that and realize, where, did they, where could they learn that? They learned it from a God who does that all the time. A kind God. Again, we're thinking about this God who's created all things. He could have created any way he wanted to. He could stay in touch with it any way he wanted to. With his authority that's been given to him, he could just be that mean-spirited God and get away with it. But he won't do that because it's not his nature, Alan. He's kind. Kind. 
Oh, let's give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. He is good. His actions speak. He's unrivaled in his goodness. When Jesus was asked that, and, and actually someone in the crowd accused Jesus of being kind, he said, why would you do that? There's only one who's kind. He was trying to help that person to realize, even though Jesus was God and is God, he knew that this person was looking at flesh and blood. So he would draw his attention to God in this guy's world and in his mind and remind him, when you talk about being good, it's not this good, better, best. It surpasses everything else. We've had preachers over the years kind of camp out on this, and it became cliches that God is a good God. Maybe we need to preach that more often. And how many times have we learned this exercise in church? Let's try it again. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. You see, it sings. And we need to be reminded of his goodness but also thanking God for being good there's one more thought that I had and that is God is faithful in his goodness in other words he's consistent aren't you also glad that God isn't get ready for it moody don't you walk on eggshells with certain people and for some people, you just want to throw some, a pound of raw meat in the door first just to see <laughs> if it survives. And if it's hit the floor and it didn't get garbled up before it hit the floor, I'll probably go in this time. <laughs> and there's other times you just hear the gnashing of teeth. <laughs> see you next week. Could you imagine what would happen in prayer if that was our concept of God? I don't know if I need to pray to you today or not. I don't know if you'll hear my petition. Because some of my petitions, even though they're important to me, may seem quite petty to someone like you. But when you realize that he's good, that he's kind, that he's good-hearted, this doesn't make him a pushover. How many times have we learned in our parenting or in leadership, there's somebody who is dead to rights. They've, they have messed up. They've goofed up. And yet, there is a relationship that you have with that parent, with that leader, when you realize, but they're consistent in who they are. And even though I deserve a spanking, and even though I deserve a rebuke, I know at the end of the day, the reason I want to go to this person with my sin, with my problem, with my mistakes, because that person's good. And in this case, God is good. David said, I'd rather have him judge me than a thousand other courts. Because I know him, he's consistent. You see, God is pure, and in his oneness, this is what takes our breath. All of his attributes are synergized, and they work together. 
Haven't we noticed in ourselves that at times we do good in some areas and not so good in other areas? How many times have you had to go to somebody and say, of all the good that you do, you erase it with that one action? With all the good that you do, then you have to open that big mouth of yours and just ruin it. Yet with God, every one of these attributes, his justice, his mercy, his love, his goodness, along with his wondrous works, all these things that come together are in perfect harmony because he's a good God. The choir is getting ready to come back and sing one more song. But I want you as a congregation to stand. As we're exiting today, you've had Pastor Jason, different ones, remind us of, of this Thanksgiving season and around that table come Thursday in between the football games and whatever else is going on getting ready to eat the delectables, the giving of thanks. And in that, I, I trust this little sermonette just kind of doesn't have a shelf life that dies out before then. And you're just reminded in that moment of all the things that I can thank God for. If I can't think of anything else, I want to thank God that he's good. He's a good God. He's a good God. Have you ever thought about the expression we use at times when we're caught off guard and we'll say, good God? Where did that come from? Because somewhere way back underneath all that, I realized even in those moments of exasperation, there is a God and he's good. If you have to call on him in the midnight hour, he's a good God. If you're going through trials, we've been reminded of that today through the music. We made it. Why? Because he's a good God. He's a good, good God. And he's filled with goodness. As they get ready to sing, I know they're waiting on me. I love that power. It's just wonderful. <laughs> Take after him, will you? I'd like to see you all bow. <laughs> if you're visiting today, this is the truth. They really do love me. Lift your hands today, will you? And for some, that came so natural. For others, it feels a little awkward. But you were obedient to raise your hands. And now with that, I know for some it's natural, but for others, maybe you'll struggle for just a moment because you're more of a person of inner reflection. But would you just speak out right now to your God and say thank you for being good to me. I want to thank you for my blessings. I give you praise and glory and honor, but also I give you thanks for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.